What's up, everybody, and welcome to The Weekenders. This is the show where we talk about the biggest football games of the weekend, both college and NFL. Um, a lot of good, good games to choose from in both this week, so I'm happy for that. Uh, happy we get to mix it up a bit, but um, let's not even waste time. Lexi is dressed for the occasion. Uh, she's She's dressed in her... Uh, Michigan uh, regalia because Michigan is playing in probably one of the biggest games this weekend, um, hosting Penn State at home, a top 10 um, game. Um, and this is kind of, this is sort of been um, a place where, um, you know, like in, at this point in the season, Michigan has beat all the teams they're supposed to beat. Everyone's talked about the easy schedule. Everyone's talked about, you know, this and that. Um, Penn State is sort of, um, I, I would say, exceeded expectations to, to this point. And now you come to this matchup where, yes, Michigan is, has been great. Um, but, you know, stand, like rankings-wise and, and I guess situationally, um, you know, this is a game that Michigan is is supposed to win. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to ask you this, Lexi, to kick us off. Um, should Penn State be taken seriously regardless of the result of this game? I mean, right as of right now, um, they haven't really played anyone either. And... I've criticized James Franklin over the years of that he's just, you know, almost kind of like a lesser version of Harbaugh. Thank God, you you know, Michigan, Ohio State shit the bed in 2016 and won him a championship because that's really how the only reason he's still coaching there type of deal. Um, but they they would need to beat Michigan um, for me to really take them serious, and I just don't know if I see that happening, um, you know, given given the record and the big house you know, take away 2020, but um, James Franklin just does not do well there. So I, I'm just hoping and relying on that. <laughs> well, I mean, but even outside of this game, and, and I'll let Bobby go and weigh in on this as well. Like, I mean, again, regardless of, of this game, um, you know, obviously it's going to affect, you know, their their place in the, the Big Ten, um, you know, standings. But, you know, I mean, this this is sort of the stretch where they prove themselves. The, it's this game, and then Minnesota, Ohio State, and then you get into you know the rest of the schedule. So, I mean, Bobby, what about you? Even if they lose this game, like, do you think Penn State should still be taken seriously as a threat in the big in the Big Ten um, for the rest of the year? I don't know if I'd call them a. Th- I, I mean, yeah, I would go ahead and call them a threat. Um, probably not a logistic a logistical legit contender to win the conference. But I think they're a a very solid third banana team behind Ohio state and Michigan. I think there's just a clear tier to it. It's they they haven't, they've, they've had a couple good wins, but they've had a couple performances where you're just like, Oh man, they really just are. They're just off. Uh, That 17 to seven win against Northwestern comes to mind. Um, And it's not that they're bad. They just, they, they just aren't nearly as consistent as Ohio state and Michigan have been. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't call them trash. They're just kind of somewhere – they, they feel like a, a good, like, mid-teens type of team to me. Uh, not, not too good, not too bad. They'll finish third, call it good. Nothing wrong with that. But they just quite aren't they, – they just don't have the horses to run with Ohio State and Michigan. 
Yeah, I mean they're they're the number ten team in the country, so a lot of respect comes with a ranking like that. Um, I haven't really had them in my top ten personally this year, but you know other people kind of view them as that. So um, you know this game kind of goes a long way into saying um, who they are and then what they do beyond that. We'll we'll do that as well. But I agree with both of you guys. I think there's definitely. Um, a separation between them and Ohio State and Michigan um, so far. How does Michigan keep this from being a letdown moment, Lexi? Because we've seen throughout the years, like Jim Jim Harbaugh, even kind of before they reached the heights of last year, they were they were doing well, but you know, losing games they weren't weren't supposed to lose. Um, and even against again teams that were pretty good, but you know, Michigan's supposed to be better. Last year comes to mind with Michigan State. I'm sure you know other examples throughout the years, but Jim Harbaugh sort of has still has that like reputation of sometimes having these letdown moments. So how does Michigan in this case keep this game from being a letdown? Yeah, I mean I would say there's always been those like, damn it, we shouldn't have lost those games. Um and plenty at that. But last year really took the corner on that. You know, winning at Penn State. That, that wasn't supposed to happen, you know, like we, we, we pulled through and, and, you know, the win at Wisconsin, we weren't supposed to win that on the road game, you know, there either. And, and he's really been changing the narrative in these last, you know, just a couple of years. So yes, of course, you know, it can happen where we fumble the bag and beat ourselves, but that's going to be the whole key to not turn over the ball to capitalize on their turnovers and not turn over the ball. And I think that we win this handily because we have a tendency to shoot ourselves in the foot. And sometimes Michigan's worst enemy is themselves on the field. And so as just as long as we can keep our head on straight, you know, make sure that we're, uh, you know, just paying attention and, and not letting the game slip away. That's, it's going to be it. Yeah, no, it, it's 100% going to be about the turnover battle because, you know, Michigan, like Lexi said, has a tendency to kind of mess up sometimes, keep games closer than they should. That Maryland game comes to mind. But also they're going against Sean Clifford, who, uh, if you watch that Purdue game, we know that guy can do wild stuff uh, on both <laughs> ends of the spectrum, both good and bad. So if Michigan can, you know, control themselves, you know, limit the turnovers, and then, you know, them and that big house crowd can really force John Clifford into making some mistakes. I, I think it's going to be a good a, a good noon in uh, Ann Arbor. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, both – I was going to say both of these teams are on the plus side of the turnover differential, turnover differential battle. Michigan's plus four um, and, and uh, Penn State's plus six. So – you know, you again. I think both of you, both of you, have hit it on the head. I'm um, taking care of the football is going to be huge. But Lexi, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say that it is a maze out, so that's going to like really help the environment too. And they're honoring the '97 national champ, so I think it's just going to be too much good vibes of like you know for Michigan that day. So hopefully. Well, one thing that Penn State's done well is uh, defend the past. They're um, they're, uh, have the, com- they have only allowed opponents to complete, uh, 49.6% of their passes. So right under 50% of their passes. Um, but Michigan is coming into this game with, uh, one of the most or, or the most accurate quarterback in college football 
and JJ McCarthy has adjusted um, completion percentage is, is number one in the nation. I, I want to say it's around 81% if you take away the drops and throwaways and all that stuff and just, you know, pa- like passes, um, you know, that in terms of just pure accuracy, one of the most, the most accurate quarterback in college football right now. So, um, Michigan, not to mention Michigan's defense is great, great too, but just in that particular matchup, uh, Bobby, their, uh, Penn State's pass defense, Michigan's passing game, who do you give the edge to? Oh, it's tough because I think this is going to be a real, real test for J.J. McCarthy. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it, it, that's that's tough because I don't know. I don't know. We, we, we've seen him obviously do well against lesser opponents, but this is, this is a big-time test. Um, but given the tail of the tape, um, I'm going to go JJ at the moment. I, I think, you know, being at home, being, you know, the maze out, the, there's a bit of a comfort, uh, comfortability factor that I got to give the edge to. It's a coin flip for me. Otherwise I, I don't really know. Um, so I'm that, I, that to me is going to be the most intriguing part of the game. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be, a good test for JJ. I, I thought that he did excellent under pressure at Iowa against their defense. You know, I don't care what's happened since, but Iowa's defense is, 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 is incredible. So when I saw how he attacked that and, you know, didn't let his emotions get the best of him handle that, it makes me feel like, you know, he's prepared to do this. Now it's at home. So I'm just going to give him the edge on that because of how I saw him perform against Iowa's defense. Um, but like, you know, it's going to be a good test. Um, you know, not only is it going to be a good test for us, it's going to be the first real good test for Penn State, too. So uh, we find out really what both teams are capable of in this game. Yeah, and one more thing I, I'll say that helps in this game for J.J. McCarthy, if you're, like, really scared of Penn State's pass defense, is that he honestly doesn't have to and shouldn't have to throw the ball that much because he's got Blake Corum <laughs> to run the ball. <laughs> And, you know, legitimate, you know, Heisman, Heisman, um, in the Heisman discussion right now because of, uh, what, you know, what he's doing. So, um, honestly, Michigan shouldn't let JJ McCarthy throw the ball that much, um, and just rely on, on the running game and keep that going. Um, and that probably will, will, um, allow the Wolverines to set the tone and, and to keep the game kind of like in their, in their backyard, in their backyard, which is what they, they want to do. So, um, Michigan's favored by seven in this game, I think appropriately. Um, over under is 52. Uh, Bobby, give me your uh, prediction for the game. Um, I really like Michigan minus seven here. Uh, I think the Wolverines are, you know, just kind of poised and ready to have a really good performance. Um, and, you know, frankly, I think Penn State just, uh, you know, they, they, they never look the same on the road. Uh, they're, I feel like their big wins in the past uh, couple years have all come with that whiteout at Beaver Stadium, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to call them a fraud, but they just aren't on that level. And I feel like Michigan just absolutely has the edge. I think it's a comfortable win, comfortable cover for uh, the Wolverines. Yeah, um, I, I, I predicted earlier in my other podcast, thirty-five seventeen. Um, and I think that another that an extra touchdown kind of comes late on our part. So uh, I think it's going to be closer. Like we've had some blowouts at the big house, but I don't really see this being a blowout only because, you know, this 
Penn State team is talented, and there's a lot going on there for that defense. So they'll probably keep us in check most of the game. So, yeah, I've got Michigan to win this game, too. I, I said on Chaos and Conversation that uh, I could see a backdoor cover type deal happening or something random like that. But, um, yeah, I think I'll go with Michigan as well. Well, let's move on from that to another top 10 matchup uh, in Alabama, number three, Alabama versus Tennessee, who's number six um, in the AP rankings. This is uh, the, this, this schedule is like great. Cause you got that Penn state, Michigan battle at noon. And then you go from there to three thirty with um, Alabama and Tennessee. Um, first of all, let's talk about the status of Alabama's quarterback, Bryce young. Um, I haven't seen anything saying that he won't play. Um, what about you guys? I think he, he should be the, yeah, the, the just, hope is that he'll, he'll play. Right. Yeah. I just kept seeing like optimistic optimism, like all these like filler words. on. they probably hope and pray to God that he, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of the, he's making progress, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't believe any of that with, with quarterbacks. I, I don't know. You know, don't, don't ask me why I'm skeptical, but, uh, I'm skeptical. Yeah, there's nothing concrete. Like I don't know, and I don't know if they're just kind of making Tennessee sweat it out. But oh yeah, they're always gonna lie about that. They're always gonna lie about that. I've seen. I think I've seen them literally go up into like into the wire, full padded up, and then coming out of uh, you know out of the tunnel, you know, and sweats. So you never know. I think with that game being at three thirty, also it gives them so much time as well, just to like even wait until the day of and be like, "Hey, like mm-hmm. this is kind of what's happening." So that late game status definitely um, pushes their deadline, or not really the deadline, but their their ability to be like, "Hey, like this is what what's happening." So yeah, for all we know, he's making progress, but we at this point in time, time recording, we don't know for sure if Bryce Young plays, but. Let's talk about Tennessee's quarterback, who's also been playing amazing and, you know, has himself in the Heisman conversation as well. Hendon Hooker in Tennessee. Um, Alabama, are they even equipped to stop um, Hendon Hooker and the Volunteers offense? Um, No, I think they, I think they can. I, I feel like it's tricky because I, I feel like they haven't, run into like a super, super explosive offense just yet. Um, they did a pretty good job kind of keeping well, a little bit of a good job, keeping Texas uh, from, you know, a, a massive explosion. Um, obviously Quinn Ewers getting hurt helped that uh, for him there, but um, no, I, th- I think they can do it. I think they can do it. Um, it is a team that shows up for big games like this. They, uh, as we were talking about chaos and conversation uh, yesterday, um, it's a game that they win a lot. So, you know, um, Josh Heupel and his offenses at times can kind of fall out uh, <laughs> in big moments. So we'll see. Yeah, I think that, like, you know, obviously Alabama's, I think, equipped to handle anything that's thrown at them. But this is going to be a really good test. And with it being at Tennessee and just – the run and tear Tennessee is on. I'm I'm really intrigued. This is like one of my favorite games of the weekend. Yeah, so I mean, especially on the road, we, this is 
Arkansas helped because they went to Arkansas and completely, completely dominated the game. But I think Tennessee is a different animal. I think Tennessee, um, again, especially if well, we talked about this with Michigan, but if especially with Tennessee, if they limit their mistakes and play a good game, I just don't see this Alabama team as, um, as well coached and as dominant as they've been in the past. And that's for a lot of reasons. Um, and so for me, especially if Bryce Young isn't on the field with Alabama, like they used to be able to just have, like with their offensive line and their running backs and everything like that. And their quarterback play used to just be able to burn clock, run down your throat, keep your offense off the field with Tennessee. Um, their off offense is so potent. And also with Hinton Hooker, his ability as a, as a quarterback, you know, not only from the pocket, but even being mobile as well. Like we've seen those types of quarterbacks give Nick Saban a lot of trouble in the past, but even now um, I could see the game going in a way where Tennessee is just able to sustain drives, chew clock, push it down the field and keep, you know, Bryce Young or whoever um, off the field for Alabama. So to me, yeah, a Nick Saban coach defense is going to be able to get stops, but I don't know. I'm very, like, uh, I'm very uh, suspicious about Alabama's ability to stop Tennessee, um, especially if, um, you know, they have issues sustaining drives. We talked about the turnover, the uh, turnover differential in the Penn State and uh, Mich- Michigan case. Um, this Turnover differential is way more lopsided in this game. Tennessee is plus five and uh, turnovers. A lot of that's uh, Sean told us yesterday. A lot of that's with Ben because they can cause fumbles. Um, Alabama's minus six. <laughs> so if you know they can't protect the football, um, and Tennessee just continues to do what they've been doing all year, I think it's going to be super tough on Alabama to stop that um, ten- the uh, Tennessee offense. But um, let's let's talk about. I mean, we know what Alabama is capable of, you know, and if they win this game, you know, we, we, we know how far they can go. Um, and it's very, very, you know, no one bets against, against Nick Saban, even though we're kind of doing it now, but, um, we, we know they're ceiling if they win this game. Let's talk about Tennessee's ceiling. If they go in and, and win this game, uh, do you, what's their ceiling on the season? Are they, a playoff contender, uh, like what's 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 up with Tennessee if they if they get this win? Um, I mean, I think anybody that beats Bama <laughs> could have like a shot. You know what I mean? And they, Tennessee beats Bama could probably lose maybe to Georgia, pro- most likely like in the conference championship. But if they can beat Bama, they could probably beat Georgia because those teams are kind of one and the same to me right now, and I don't really see one clearly over the other. So um, I think that the ceiling could be playoffs if they end up beating Bama, but they would just have to be on some elite streak from that all the way to the conference championship. So um, this is tricky because we've seen teams, we've seen teams actually do this in the past where, uh, because, you know, Tennessee and Georgia are in the same division, the SEC East. The, the team that misses out on the SEC championship, let's say Tennessee runs the table, except for Georgia. They have that one loss. 
there. Georgia loses somewhere along the way. They have, uh, they have one loss, loses to Alabama in the SEC championship. That one loss Tennessee that is protected from having to play Alabama again is a very, very dangerous uh, team, I would say. So Tennessee here, if they, be, if they beat Alabama, all they have to do, in my mind, is just win out um, like the rest of the way. I think they can sneak in um, because it doesn't matter if they lose to Georgia or not. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're in the SEC championship or not. Um, a one-loss Tennessee team with an Alabama win on their on their resume is um, just frankly that that's that's probably too good. Um, they would need they would need a Georgia or an Alabama to get out because they're not going to put three SEC teams in. Knock on wood, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, they would love that. I, I would I think I think their path to the playoff here is is not as. Uh, is actually pretty pretty good if they take out the tide in um, in Knoxville. So, yeah, it's really yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean, based on the uh, ESPN projection, um, they've got Tennessee at a twenty three percent chance to make the playoff. Um, and I mean, <laughs> granted, twenty um, percent chance to, to win the division and um, about six and a half percent to win the conference, but making the playoff. You know, 23% chance. Obviously, that increases with the win at, at Alabama, I think. Um, I think you guys are right, especially with the way that Alabama's played this year. If Alabama gets that loss, um, they, it's going to be hard for their resume to look, to look any better. Um, and they have tough games coming up, uh, hosting Mississippi State and then going to play at Old Miss. Like, Alabama's, if they lose to Tennessee, they have to worry about those games. And then Tennessee only really has to worry about Georgia. They they'll put Kentucky at home. Kentucky's not not going to be an easy game, especially um, with Will Levis uh, if if he's healthy. But um, I mean, their route the rest of the way looks way way easier than Alabama's, even with the Georgia game. And then, like you guys mentioned, the SEC championship you have to throw that in there as well. Um, even if Alabama were to make that, if that's a loss, then that that hurts them even more. So. Um, I think I think Tennessee could be well positioned if they win this game, um, but as Tennessee, you look at their history, especially against Alabama and just in general. Like if they win this game, is is a huge if. Um, so um, Alabama is favored by seven and a half in this game. <laughs> um, give uh, Lexi, give, give us your prediction for this game. So I think that Tennessee is going to end up coming out really hot, and it's going to be great. And you're like, oh, great. But Alabama is going to do what Alabama does and come out and cover. So I think that that's going to be the end result, covering. <laughs> yeah, I – and I know everyone on Chaos and Conversations last night. I, I need to stop referencing it all the time. But, hey, check it out. Great pod. Um, was pretty big on the balls, except for me. I'm also not, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think the Tide, honestly, just, they just have the mental edge to beat Tennessee. They keep doing it. And until they, until they stop doing it, I'm not going to pick against them in Neyland Stadium. They, they, they practically have a lease on that thing. So yeah, no, give me, give me the Tide to cover. Um, I think it's going to be a really good, really interesting game. Uh, particularly if Bryce Young doesn't play, um, I'm I'm really excited to watch this one. Uh, hope, hopefully, hopefully after a win over Kansas. Um, if not, then maybe it'll lift my spirits up. 
Yeah, it should be a good game. I like Tennessee a lot. I like Tennessee a lot um, to to win this game. I think in the in the vacuum and in the situation of, of this year, I think this is Tennessee's best shot, and I think they can get it done, especially especially if Bryce Young does not play. Um, but let's move on to USC and Utah. Uh, USC is number seven in the country. Um, Utah is ranked 20th and coming off a, a disappointing loss to UCLA, but UCLA is a really good team. They're, they're, um, right around the top 10 or 11 in the AP pull effort. I haven't, I don't have it right in front of me. Um, but, um, that game is one where I can't remember what we, what the predictions were, but I felt like we thought Utah could, could get it done. Um, what is, what, did, what did UCLA expose about Utah? Um, that maybe you USC will be able to take advantage of this week. I, I would say the run defense, Charbonnet like went off. Um, I they, they they really just kind of exposed a lot of it, in which we thought you know typically they're strong defensive, but yeah, I think those two big runs he had was 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 pretty big, you know, and, and obviously led to two touchdowns. Um, so I, that's what I think that they exposed. Yeah, it, it's tricky for me because I honestly think it showed more about UCLA than it showed to me about uh, about Utah. I think I think Utah still is a pretty solid team. This game, uh, you know, kind of I don't know. I I feel like it, it at times was closer than it was, um, but you know, to, to me, UCLA they have that size up front. They uh, they're they're not exactly just all flash. They Chip Kelly has a good program going down there. Um, and not only that, but we've seen the inability to stop rushing quarterbacks, which is um, which we saw week one as well in, in that Florida game. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Caleb Williams, that's that's pretty scary. If you if you've uh, if you saw him play last year uh, at Oklahoma, you know, he he's known to do that. Lincoln Riley hasn't been running him as much this season. He kind of has a weird. I don't know, uh, adversity or he, he doesn't like, he doesn't like running Caleb, which is weird. Um, or at least hasn't this year. So I feel like for, if you're Utah, you're a little worried about that, but, um, overall, I think UCLA showed, or I think that Utah UCLA game really showed that, uh, any team with size can really kind of give them a lot of trouble, which I don't think you use. Uh, I don't think USC has, uh, and I think that'll be the difference in the game. So Utah is favored by three and a half. I was really curious about this myself, and I think I might have found the reason why, but I want to hear y'all's perspectives first. But, I mean, coming off their performance against UCLA, um, where Utah is maybe not what, they, what the team we thought they might be coming into the season. And, you know, they're still ranked, you know, number 20. Um, USC is number, the number seven team. But why is why do you guys think Utah is favored in this game? I mean, considering the circumstances, I probably just say because they're at home and like their you know, record at home is pretty good. But um, I really don't know why because I feel like they. Uh, I, that's why I just say yeah, the being at home part. 
Well, I, I feel like obviously, you know, Rice Eccles Stadium, Salt Lake City, that place gets rocking. That is a really, really tough place to play, especially when you add in the altitude as well. Um, but that being said, I, I think the biggest thing is USC has kind of feasted off of, you know, not really great opponents. They struggle in the first half and then pull away. Uh, on the other hand, Utah has played, you know, some pretty good opponents, tripped up a couple times, you know, against, uh, you know, specifically Florida and uh, UCLA, but the matchups to me, it's just, it, it, the trenches are going to be a bloodbath. I think Utah that they pride themselves on that bread and butter football. Uh, They don't make mistakes. Kyle Whittingham has done a wonderful job there. He's been there forever. Um, And traditionally, and I know this USC team is different. Traditionally, Utah does very well against USC, particularly at home, um, and it's because it's because they know how to counter this. They they know how to counter the flash, because that's just that's just who they are. They 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 show up and they sock you in the mouth. And um, I know that's I don't know why I'm speaking like I'm from the 1920s here, but that's just uh, <laughs> that's just what that's just, just what Utah does. I I feel like home crowd versus as well as you know just. A solid record behind it, uh, you know. Even though they have, you know, have two losses, I feel like they played good teams. I think that's kind of why they're favorite or favored here. Yeah, I think you guys mentioned the two elements that I found because when I again I put that question in and I was like, I really don't know why they're favored. That's kind of weird. And then I kind of found the two the two biggest things. One being, like Lexi mentioned, Utah. Uh, is great at home. They're 23 and two at home since 2017. That's an amazing record. And then the other thing is, uh, Bobby alluded to USC really hadn't played anybody yet. Um, their uh, strength of schedule was 99th in the country. Um, so, you know, hadn't really had, uh, that tough of schedule. We don't really know who they are. This is really the, the game where we'll, we'll, we can, we can, we can see all right, how legitimate is USC, um, you know, win, lose, or draw? I mean, I, th- I think this is going to be um, where we really, the barometer we're going to judge USC by as they continue the rest of, into the rest of their season. But, you know, considering those two things, I think Utah being favored does make sense. Um, you know, three and a half, not like a huge favorite, but being favored does make sense when you consider you saw, you t- this is UC- USC's first real test, and it's in Salt Lake City. Um, but right now, all things considered, um, let's talk about USC, Utah, Oregon, or UCLA. Who is the best team in the Pac-12? It's hard for me not to say UCLA after last week. Uh, Torian Thompson-Robinson has got, has got that program just completely in a different level. Uh, the fifth-year quarterback, just absolutely immaculate. Um, the rushing game's good. They're just a very solid football team, very well-rounded. Um, and I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like they're, they, they, they're just the best team in the Pac-12 to me. I, I don't, I don't particularly love the Pac-12 this year either. So, um, that being said, I, I just, I think they, I think they, they put it all together. Um, particularly where Utah, you know, they can't really match the flair of some of these teams at times. And, you know, if, 
that's that's an issue for this weekend. In fact, if if <laughs> Utah does not want this to turn into a boat race, they do not want this to turn into a shootout because they can't do that. And I think UCLA can kind of adapt to styles, um, and I think that's why they're the best team in the conference. Yeah, um, I, I was I was going to say definitely UCLA because I I was thinking Utah until last weekend, but they aren't very far from each other, those four in general. So I'm going to be kind of intrigued to see how the rest of the season goes for UCLA and see how they kind of handle everything. But it could be like coming down to like the end of the season for that um, you know, conference. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the Pac-12 is really good this year. I think it's kind of, you know, got a lot of surprise teams. Washington as well. They're four and two. Washington State's four and two. I mean, that's a pretty good conference, but I mean, Oregon State as well. Like they're all playing good football, but yeah, I mean, for me, like it's, it's just tough. Um, because you got elements that you can say that you can point out, point out about all the teams. Um, Oregon's been playing better football. Um, I think the best coach in the conference is Lincoln Riley, although Chip Kelly, you know, he, he can coach like Chip Kelly. If Chip, if you know, you're saying Raleigh's better than Kelly, like it's, it's not by much in my opinion. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think I, I like what you say. UCLA has got in terms of experience. They're probably more of a well-rounded team, which is probably why I would go ahead and say UCLA this, at this moment. But we know what Utah's capable of still. We know what Oregon's capable of. Um, USC's got the quarterback and the coach, but I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go with UCLA on that one, too, for the best team in the Pac-12 right now. Um, and I hope both of the teams are undefeated when they play each other in, um, in November because that will be a fun, like, once-and-for-all um, type type game. Um, yeah. yeah, no, go ahead, Bobby. No, I was just going to say, yeah, that's a that'd be a, a good place to be, uh, the Rose Bowl for – that that one in particular, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, Utah's minus three. I mean, favored by three and a half. Uh, predictions. I think I'm going to go ahead and um, kick, get the ball rolling here and say that I like um, I like Utah to win this game. Um, I'm not. I wasn't really pleased with um, some of the performances that USC has sort of put up against weaker competition. Um, I think they've done a good well of holding down the fort, but I think this is a game where if you're Utah and you're kind of like, you know, sensing the urgency of, you know, you still have a shot to win up the Pac-12, but, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to need a lot of help and you're going to have to, you know, win now and you're hosting, you know, the, you know, quote unquote best team in your conference or whatever. Like I think this is a spot where Utah has the ability as a team to get it done. And now the sense of urgency is there that they have to win this game. So um I like Utah to to um to win the game. And I think they cover the three and a half spread too. Yeah, I like the Utes as well. Uh, I, I've been on them every time they come up on this show. I always back them, and they always let me down. But third time's the charm here. I feel like uh, the difference between this game and those games, they're at home. Uh, I, Caleb Williams, in particular, does not play well on the road. Uh, take it from me. Um, he struggles. He struggled this year, kind of, uh, against Oregon State. Took a Herculean kind of um, 
insane performance at the end to push him across and uh, and get that win. Otherwise, they would have a loss by now in Corvallis. So for me, just all of it, all of it, taking all of it into consideration, I think Utah has this one. I think the energy is going to be great, and I think they get the win here and the cover. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think the same as you guys that Utah's got this. I think that coming off that UCLA UCLA loss, that they're going to be pissed playing and and hopefully kind of fix maybe what was exposed a little bit. And with that home crowd rocking, I just don't see how they don't win this one. So I'm taking them and a cover. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Um, that is the college slate and just, you know, a bit of it. We had, you know, so many great games we could have picked from. Um, I think those are definitely going to be, uh, three that, that shift, uh, the needle depending on, um, uh, results, but, um, great college slate. Let's move on to the, the pros. Um, probably the biggest game in football this weekend, like period is Bill's chiefs, um, Sunday, 425. Rematch of the AFC Championship, um, that's going to be huge. Um, you know, again, speaking of kind of like why are they favored, the Bills are favored by two and a half in this game in Arrowhead. Um, so why are the Bills favored? I really, honest to God, I couldn't tell you because I'm shocked that they're favored in Kansas City of all places. So it's kind of throwing me for a loop. <laughs> And well, I'll say this, revenge is a hell of a drug. Um, mm-hmm. Last time they were there, you know, uh, obviously that AFC uh, championship game, you know, Josh Allen's still waiting to get back out there, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah. seconds. Uh, <laughs> and I, I will say it's also unreal that this isn't the night game. Uh, Cowboys-Eagles got that instead. And the only reason they got that is for branding and because people – Get get out of here! That this game is one of the might be the best regular season game of the season. Um, mm. So it's kind of unreal to me. But uh, no, I think I think the Bills revenge revenge is on their mind. They're playing well. Uh, I mean, so is Kansas City. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Give me, but I like Buffalo here. I think I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Mm. Yeah, I'll say this. I mean, I I still don't think it's, I I still think the Chiefs should be favored in the game. I think they should have their respect of being the favorites in this game because we know what Kansas City is. But I will say this. I mean, Kansas City looked a little bit like they were on the ropes against the Raiders. They lost to the Colts. So I'll say the Bills um, the Bills have looked more dominant this year. And so maybe Vegas is like, hmm, maybe they see something in the Bills where it's like they feel like they're their they're the, they're the better team, um, a little bit more well-rounded, um, you know, the only loss where you're kind of like, eh, I don't know, is was the um, well, it's the only loss they've had. It was the Dolphins, but the Dolphins are were a, a good are a good team, um, you know, especially with, with two at the helm, they were doing a lot of good things. So um, I feel like maybe I'm not maybe. I mean, they they the Bills have looked fantastic, and so maybe the the fav- them being favorite isn't that isn't that disrespectful. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be an interesting game for sure. Right now, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are playing good football. Um, we do this a lot when we talk about the quarterbacks of these teams. But who would you who would you guys rather have moving forward, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? 
<laughs> it's so hard to like choose, but I just love Josh Allen and I, I've stuck by him that, and it's no, no, nothing to Mahomes because God, would I love to have Patrick Mahomes on my football team too. Uh, just from what I have and what I've had, those are like two great things, but I'm taking Josh Allen here. It's my guy. Yeah. That's a borderline impossible question because both are incredible. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. I feel like what he does on a football field is just so, so mesmerizing. And I know he definitely has a little bit more flash than Josh Allen. Uh, and I know, you know, some people might not like the whole, you know, no look, throw the pass over here type of thing. But I, I don't know. I feel like he's an absolute uh, playmaker. He is a winner. I I love Pat Mahomes, so I I'd give him the edge. But you know, hey, if, you, if you're giving me a choice, I feel like I'm gonna win either way. Yeah, I think Pat. You know, it's so interesting because, um, you know, the development of Josh Allen has been so impressive, and Patrick Mahomes also has been blessed to be coached by Andy Reid. So, you know, if you take them, you know, if you take them in neutral situations and say okay, who's better, you know, that's, a, a, I don't know, you know, if we'll ever get that answer, but I don't know. I think I would say I would lean Patrick Mahomes only for me because um, he just makes everything look so easy, so effortless. Um, he doesn't really make mistakes. Um, his style of play also is a little bit more, um, it's easier on his body, right? Josh Allen's running all, running all over the place, taking hits. You know, I know he's a big guy, but you know, I kind of I've seen that movie before with Cam Newton. So um, I think I would I'd probably lean Mahomes, but I think you'd be in great shape, you know, for the next few years with either guy. Um, so let's talk about their teams, though. Um, which team do you trust more in in this game? I'm gonna ride with Buffalo here. Um, and it's tricky because I think both are very good. I feel like Kansas City has had has really kind of thrown out a couple absolute stinkers, um, and Buffalo, you know, was it a, was it a pretty decent position to win that game against the Dolphins? Um, so I, I I don't know. I I, I think I think Buffalo is more consistent. They're more solid. And um, if I had if I had to back a team, I'm back, I'm back in Buffalo. Yeah, I agree, and. I think one thing to note is just how <clears throat> different this offense looks on Kansas City without Tyree Kill in it. Um, and that is just, you know, obviously you got Patrick Mahomes who is going to whip up and be a magician with, with what, he, what he's got and what he's dealing with. But you just can't knock the fact that this offense is a lot different. And uh, uh, they're making, making way of it, but yeah, I trust Buffalo um, more just given the consistency they've had this season and just dominating. Yeah, I probably trust Buffalo uh, a lot more too. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I think I, there's definitely a reason to trust Buffalo because of how dominant they've been. Um, and Kansas City sort of has been like playing with their food, so, so to speak. Um, but I think I would, I would say I trust the Chiefs more in the situation, especially at home, um, especially with Andy Reid. I think being able to, uh, I think he's the better coach being Andy Reid and McDermott. So I feel like the Chiefs, even when they're on the ropes, find ways to pull pull it out. Um, the Bills, to, ah, to me, are just it's so hard to bet against them because of the way the team is structured. 
but I think they still have not sort of gotten the monkey off their back in terms of like, all right, if this is a close game, you know, type thing, right? We saw it against the Ravens. They sort of surpassed that. They sort of slayed that dragon by beating the Ravens when it was close. Um, lost a close game versus Miami. So now it's like, all right, I don't think the Bills have gotten to the point where I see them dominating, dominating the Chiefs because the Chiefs are still so good. But if the game is close, I think I trust Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you know, in those last moments um, right right now that I do for Buffalo. So for me, just based on trust, I would say, I would say, give me, uh, give me KC. Um, and yeah, <laughs> that's it. In terms of winning the game, uh, man, I think I, I like me giving that monologue would make no sense if I pick the Bills. I think I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. What about you guys? <laughs> I'm rolling with Buffalo. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> I just don't, yeah, I don't know. Because I, I want to choose Buffalo, but it's just so hard because they're in Kansas City. Um, screw it, we'll ride. Josh Allen and the boys get it done. All right. Let's move on to <laughs> let's move on to the next game. Let's talk about um uh Ravens and Giants. Uh, we've talked about the Ravens quite a bit this year. This time they go to New York. And the reason why this is even relevant is because the Giants are four and one coming off a huge win against the Packers in London, which no one expected them to. Um, But I do think uh, it's fair to ask if the Giants um, are are fool's gold. I mean, you look at the teams they've beaten. I think the Packers are going to get beat a lot this year, Um, you know, just based on their limitations offensively. And that's a good win. I think that's probably, like, Again, Aaron Rodgers is a hard quarterback to beat, so not taking anything away from that that win. But you look at the rest of the teams they beat, um, it's my terrible um, Carolina Panthers, it's the Titans. It's, it's. I mean, look at look at this giant schedule. I think the, the Packers are the only team they've beaten so far that will make the playoffs. So coming into this game, this is another test to see how legitimate you are against Ravens team that I think will make the playoffs. So, um, what about what do you guys think? Are you guys um, in on the Giants this year, or do you think it's just kind of like been their schedule that's helped them out? I mean, I don't think they're necessarily fool's gold, but they have got the setup schedule of the century because they beat the Packers, and really, they only have the Cowboys left. They have somewhat of a pulse because they play the lions, the Seahawks, you know, um, Jaguars, which just haven't looked good these last couple of games. So I think that they can skate by it enough. Now, do I think they could beat teams later on in like the playoffs? No, I don't, but I think they're a lot better than I expected. I didn't expect them to beat Packers either. I don't know if that says more about the Packers than the, the giants, but we'll see. Yeah. They they got some really good divisions uh, in in whatever the um, the schedule draw was, uh, ending up with what the uh, NFC North and then the AFC East. So you have like you're going up against the Jags and the Texans and the oh yeah no the uh, the Giants got lucky. 
Uh, that being said, I, I wouldn't call them fool's gold just yet. I think a lot of what they've done has been uh, based on the resurgence of Saquon Barkley. He's been absolutely remarkable, uh, probably because of those Tottenham shoes. But uh, no, he's been he's been really good, and I think he's completely transformed this team. If he goes down, I think it's a house of cards situation. The entire thing goes down. But that being said, uh, he's hey he's still going. So uh, until then. I'm going to say they're pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I think the Giants <laughs> um I think Brian Dayball's a great coach. So let me say that. I think Dayball is was a great hire for them. I think he's going to put this thing in the right direction, but um yeah, I mean, I think the Giants have just taken advantage of some really poor offenses. I mean, you look at this the teams they have beaten and, I, and these are the worst offenses in the NFL. Um, you know, so to me um I I gotta see them. This is the game, right? Like if you're a Giants doubter, like this is the one where it's like, all right, they're playing a legitimate quarterback, um, a legitimate offense. Credit to what they did against Green Bay. Again, that was a really good win for them. Can they can they build off that? Because the rest of their wins have just kind of been like, you know, them out outlasting you know offenses that just don't score a lot of points. So um, that'll be that's that's that'll be interesting to see. This is a good test for that that team. Um, the Ravens got a monkey off their back last week as well. Um, won a home game for the first time in God knows how long. Beat the Bengals, who are obviously a really good team in the AFC North. So, um, coming off that win, which um, it's gonna be hard for me to answer that question because <laughs> this question because I didn't I didn't get the chance to watch the game. I was coming in from my town, but um. What do the Ravens prove, if anything, with that win over Cincinnati? Um, I mean, I, I will say I think they proved that uh, that that division is theirs this season. I think um, I think it is um, the Ravens lose. There are a lot of other teams that are kind of either in transition, like the Steelers. Uh, obviously, the uh, the Browns have their issues. Um, yeah. And then uh, since he seems they, – they just seem a little bit hungover still from the Super Bowl. So, for me, I, I think they proved that, you know, I think I think this is their division, uh, their division to lose. And, you know, look, if nothing else, they proved they had the they have the best field goal kicker to ever play the game. Ciao, Justin Tucker. Yes, I know all too well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, no, he is the GOAT for sure, though. Um I think I don't know necessarily what they proved against Cincy because Cincy's weird this season. I don't know what's going on um, uh, with Joe Burrow and, and company, but I guess we'll see. Uh, but you know, I agree with Bobby that the, the division is theirs, and that's not even really a question—a uh, question to be had. I think at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't say they proved something against Cincy because I just something's going on with Cincy, and and I just don't know. But Ravens still have a lot to go, so I think that if they can come out and beat these Giants at at their place, that that'll that'll prove a lot more to me than what last weekend's win did. I think you're absolutely right because the Giants are four and one, but as the as the line and everything and just common sense, like this is a team you're supposed to beat. Um, you know, even this being at, at New York, um, Daniel Jones never really been great at home anyway, so it's not a really uh, an away game that scares you. But the Ravens are favored by five. 
Um, you know, the the Ravens have to be teams they're supposed to be, and I think this Giants Giants team is one. Um, crazy stat: the Giants are one team up from last in passing yards per game, thirty first <laughs> passing yards per game, but they are second in rushing yards per game. So they are running the football um, and letting Daniel Jones do as little as possible in these games. <laughs> Daniel Jones, Saquon, <laughs> like, that's who really owns that team. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, uh, Daniel Jones, just don't mess up. Just turn around and give it to Saquon. And the ball. <laughs> and, and, we'll, and we'll win some games. Um, yeah, so that'd be crazy. I don't know. Um, I haven't got a chance to look at the Ravens. Let's 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 see real quick the Ravens run defense um numbers wise and, and we'll see if that's gonna be uh, a factor. Give me one second, just trying to pull up a stat. Looks like the Ravens are the Ravens have allowed uh oh dang, yeah. That's not good. Uh they're twenty eighth yards allowed. <laughs> Um, uh-oh. So, uh-oh. Yeah, uh so yeah, good luck uh, to <laughs> to whoever has to tackle and stop Saquon Barkley if you're the Ravens. But hey, if you do it, you get some stops and uh Lamar makes some plays, which he always does, the Ravens will win. Um let me ask you guys this. Uh are you taking the Ravens plus the points? What's the spread? Uh, minus Baltimore. five, yeah, Baltimore minus five. I, it looks like it's moved up to to five and a half, so maybe six. So it looks like the it looks like the uh, sharps are kind of going with Baltimore, and you know what? I'm going to go with them. I think uh, I think they're the better team, and I think you know maybe jet lag gets the Giants, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I have I have uh, good vibes for Baltimore here. I think I, I think they're going to you know really get this thing rolling. They were inconsistent a little earlier, but. I don't know. I think this they're a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take the Ravens and the points. I like the Ravens. I don't know if I like the points. Um, the Ravens have played a lot of close games this year. Um, you know, obviously it'll depend on them being able to stop uh, the Giants on the ground like we just talked about. But, yeah, every single game they've played this year um, – outside of the Patriots win and the Jets win, um, has been pretty close. Um, and, you know, those were two away games. So maybe if they're, you know, better as a road team, which it looks like they are, and, you know, again, they're able to go into New York and handle business, maybe this will be um, a game where they've, they cover the spread. But um, I don't know. The Ravens are kind of like – like Jekyll and Hyde a bit, a bit with in terms of like, you know, domination versus close games. So we'll see how that goes. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to our last and final game of the week. Um, and it's Cowboys at Eagles, the game that uh, was chosen inexplicably, inexplicably to be in prime time over Bills Eagles. But hey, it's not that bad because the Eagles and Cowboys are two um, great teams so far. Um, I can't believe we, we talked about three NFC East teams today. That's crazy, but um, <laughs> the NFL is a wild, is, is a wild, wild league. But um, yeah, Cowboys Eagles. Which team do you trust more to win the division? I trust the Eagles more at this point. Um, I think they're playing just just great. Uh, I'm yet to see how it's going to be when Dak comes back in the mix. <laughs> 
of removing Cooper Rush from his, his little run that he had there. But uh, I think that, you know, Hurts and, and the rest of the Eagles are just looking great this year and dominant at that. But this will probably – it'll be a good game. It's a good rivalry game, so we'll see. But I'm, I'm definitely trusting Eagles. Yeah, it's an easy answer for me. It's uh, it's the Eagles. They're, they look like one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, I personally am now root, kind of rooting for an Eagles-Bills Super Bowl just to see what chaos has uh, descended upon the city of Phoenix, uh, especially because the Waste Management Open is also that week. It would be perfect. It would be the trashiest, greatest Super Bowl of all time. Please give me that. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, it, it's the team with uh, Jalen Hurts and starting, and you know, and an actual starting quarterback at the moment. No disrespect to Cooper Rush. He's doing a good job of uh, riding the ship while Dak is out. But um, no, it's it, it's Eagles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, these are two really really good teams. I think the Cowboys are going to have to. Hope that Cooper Rush can continue to keep, you know, stay, keep the team afloat and not look like a backup because we, we've seen backups thrive. And then they have that one game where they play like a backup and then it all unravels from there. And they're like, hurry up, let's get this, let's get, you know, fill in the blank of starter back in the lineup as soon as possible. So as long as Cooper Rush is playing well, I think that bodes well. Um, for the Cowboys, as far as the Eagles, their schedule is really light. I mean, really light. They've got a bye week after this game, and then it's Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts, um, Packers, Titans, uh, Giants, Chicago, Dallas again, New York, and Giants again. So, I mean, that schedule is Cupcake City. Um, and then Dallas, obviously, because they won the division last year, they're going to have some tougher, tougher matchups. They'll still get a lot of, a lot of good, easy games too, but, um, you know, they're gonna have to go at, they're gonna have to go to Green Bay and then to Minnesota. Um, and then obviously face Philadelphia again. Um, you know, play the Jaguars who are frisky, play New York. So, um, I don't know, like, if it's close, I think the, the Eagles probably have the edge because of the schedule. Um, but I mean, this could definitely is probably gonna come down to the last few weeks. Um, and then now this is a, Maybe something we never thought we'd even entertain last year, but it's a conversation this year because of, excuse me, because of how well Cooper Rush has played um, and how well Jalen Hurts has played. So um, moving forward, would you rather have Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott? <laughs> oh well, uh, I'll say this: I'd rather have uh, if, if, we're, if we're talking about like. The player, just the player, then it's tricky. We're talking about the player and the contract. It's Jalen Hurts for sure, uh, because the. I think it's impossible to look at Dak Prescott and also know how much you're paying him because you're not really getting as much back. Um, I'll, I'll, but you know, I'm going to go ahead and avoid the recency bias and the OU bias and go with Dak Prescott. Uh, <laughs> Dak Prescott here. Um, Jalen has had a really good run right now. I just need to see more out of him. You know, that just kind of comes with time. <coughs> Bless you, by the way. Um, yeah. And it just, uh, it just needs time. It just needs time. But I'll say this. Uh, I, it's hard to turn down Jalen Hurts right now. He is absolutely bawling. Yeah. Um, that's what I, who I'm taking to. And Dak is just, you know, 
inconsistent in ways in which I've watched before and just know that I don't want that. So, um, I, you know, Hertz is just balling right now. So it's just hard not to say that that would be who you want. Yeah. I have my issue. My well-documented issues with Dak, um, just has a weird kind of like, like Lexi mentioned the inconsistency, but just Ollie never really plays well against good teams. Um, and I think Hertz did love him coming out of college, but, has definitely shown his ability to get better. I feel like Dak, um, he has gotten better, but I feel like at the same time, his level of play has sort of plateaued at, like, you know, just okay. Um, and if people are honest with themselves, like, I mean, Dak is well-loved around the league, but I think he's sort of, like, at a level and he's really kind of stayed there for a while. So um, I think I would go with Hertz. Um, just he's a little bit more dy- dynamic. Um, you know, and, I, and for me, um, I think I trust him a bit more um, at this point. Um, Eagles are favored by four and a half in this game. Um, who do you guys have winning? I got the Eagles. I sure. like Philly at home as well. Um, I just feel like, you know, under the lights, Philadelphia got the energy going. That's a really, really tough place for a backup quarterback. You know, even though a seasoned one in Cooper Rush, that's a hard place to win. And, uh, you know, it's just hard to hard to not go with the home team, uh, especially with only four and a half points there. Yeah, I think I'm going to be Eagles too. Uh, all right, let's move on to the last part of the show, and that is – the lock of the week. We're gonna kick up. We're gonna end it on a hopefully good note for everybody. Last week, I took Michigan State plus twenty six and a half. Almost got there. Almost got there. But I believe Ohio State scored another touchdown and that, that messed it up for me. So I took an L. Bobby had Utah minus four and a half. Speaking of trusting Utah, um, he took the L there. Lexi. Got the only W of the week in our first win of the season. About time. Uh, with, with Ohio State and Michigan State going over 64, which was a great call by Lexi, by the way. And so um, now our standings are 1-3, and 1-3, and three, and Lexi at 1-4. Lexi, you know what? Because I'm feeling generous and because I'm feeling nice and because I like you a lot and because uh, you do such a such great work, I'm going to uh, be kind, and uh, Bobby Bobby already knows what I'm about, about to say. I'm going to remove your double uh, <laughs> your double loss from the first week, and we're going to be all even Yay. at one and three. So uh, cool. from this point forward, we're all on the same slate, one and three. Yeah. Uh, going, Don't get going cocky forward. anymore, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll just keep it like that to keep it keep it simple, but. Okay. Um, Let's talk about the new locks. Uh, I'll, we usually let the winner of the week go first. Lexi, what's your lock this week? Yeah, I'm I'm taking the Eagles at you know at four and a half here. I think that they're gonna just kind of come out strong and 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 run the Cowboys um, kind of out of the facility. So <laughs> taking that. Well, I kind of feel like this is mean to do so because everything I touch turns to garbage. But I'm going with Michigan minus seven. So. <laughs> Hopefully, I, I just I feel like in the big house, everything we have, or everything Michigan has going for them, everything uh, you know, Penn State not really being able to win on the road, 
I, I like it a lot, which unfortunately now means that Penn State's going to uh, beat Michigan. Sorry, uh, because I, I just <laughs> hey, if you. they lose, it is your fault, and I'm coming after you. So <laughs> that's hey, just be careful. Just be careful if they're on Bobby's daily picks. That's that's the real jinx. <laughs> well, they will be. <laughs> those no. daily picks are don't double whammy. Uh, they're bad. They've been so bad. Those daily picks have been brutal. Friday um, night. Friday night almost. That almost killed me. That was. <laughs> I. Oh. I'm still mad. I'm still mad. <laughs> oh goodness! All right. Well, um, for my lock of the week, I've got USC Utah going under, um, 65 points. I think that's going to be a, a, a tough game for you for USC to score a lot of points. Um, Utah plays good defense. They're allowing. Um, right under 19 points per game. Um, I'm sorry, Utah allows 19 points per game. USC is allowing right under 19 points per game. So these are two good defenses. This is going to be a really important game for Utah. So I think the the, six, the 65 is a lot of points for me. I think this is going to this is going to go under be a low scoring game. Um, um, I think I picked Utah. Yeah, I think Utah wins it, but I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, give me the under on that on that uh, on that matchup. But um, those are the locks. There you got it. Um, everybody have a great weekend of football. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, any party words from our our panel? Just go blue. <laughs> uh, hopefully I make out I, I can't feel any pain so we're gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine. It's gonna be a <laughs> good week. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna try your best. I I'm very convincing. Beat beat Duke. All right, y'all. Y'all have a great week. <laughs> have a have great a weekend. We'll, we'll see you next time. Peace. Good show. Great show.